Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked in according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ." By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of your own selves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise." having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall." By abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so that he himself, he might make the two into one new man. Thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God. Through the cross... By having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who were far away. And peace to those who were near. For through him we both have found access in one spirit to the Father. 
So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints, and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building is being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and to the hearing of His written word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you this morning, we give you great thanks for your written word, for it is the power unto salvation. I thank you, Lord, that this morning that you are here with us in this sanctuary. Holy Spirit, have your way in the hearts of your people today. Satan, you have no place here. We give this time over to you, Lord. Speak your word to us. Hide me behind your cross. We pray it in Jesus' name. And amen. All of us were once dead in our trespasses. Even though we were raised in good families, even though... We attended church as young people. Yet, if we are not in relationship with Jesus, we are simply coming to church. We're simply just being a good person. The scripture says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. You who were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formally walked according to the course of this world. Transgressions, trespasses, these are false steps. Steps that we are making that are not in alignment with the way of God. They are wayward steps. They are the things that come natural in this world. You and I were born into a fallen world. You and I were born with a fallen nature. We didn't even have to be trained in it. But if if you happened to go to school in it, you were even more so that way. But He came that we would be set free from those things. In the course of this world... It naturally wants to pull us away from God. Anything that is not of Him is of the world. And we find ourselves easily walking in the manner of everyone else. We just see what's going on and we seem to follow naturally. Because our natural tendencies, our natural bents are towards going that direction. That's true whether we were Jew or Gentile. Whether you were raised in the church or you were not raised in the church. Paul goes on to say that 
Those of us who were walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air. That is Satan. After he was kicked out of heaven, his domain is the atmosphere around this earth. He loves to mess up communication. When you and I speak, we speak words into the atmosphere. And how many times things are taken out of context? How many times things are misunderstood? Satan loves to cause confusion in our communication. And then that leads to sin in so many ways. Because we get upset over the way somebody says something. And they didn't even intend for it to come out that way. And yet, that's the way we hear it. Because Satan wants to confuse that. He's the prince of the power of the air. I I just want you to know that we have to be careful about getting upset about things that people say. The enemy loves for us to get off on these things and go get upset. You and I have to be bigger than all of that. Because if we are born again in Christ Jesus, we are no longer to walk in that old nature that goes off on these little tangents over the tone or over what someone says. We are no longer pulled into that unless we willingly go down that path. Because we have been pulled out of that. Scripture says we've been seated with Him in heavenly places. You no longer are in that mess unless you want to continue to be in that mess. If He keeps you ignorant, or you choose to be ignorant, you will continue to suffer in the way that you once suffered. You will continue to walk as those who are sons of, a, of disobedience. Verse 3 says, Among them we too all formerly lived in lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Our fleshly desires, those things that we naturally want to do that are counter to God's will in our minds, so easily is it Affected by the things that Satan plants in our thoughts. And again, simply because the thought came into your head does not make it sin. But it's when you bought the thought, when you took possession of the thought, when you thought about it so much that it ran its course and you acted out in sin. Again, I want to remind you, That Jesus was tempted in every way as we are tempted. Yet He was without sin. And He's called you and I to walk in like manner. And He has given us the power to live and walk that out. But if we want to stay in our flesh, we want to stay in our mind, in our old thoughts, we will continue to be pulled back into old ways. But Paul is reminding them that that 
We too were once like that, but that's not who we are today. Don't let the ways of the past control your life now. Because verse 4, it says, but God. And I want to tell you, that's a big but. But God. He came on the scene. No longer are we in that situation where we naturally are pulled by our old fleshly desires to where we cannot suppress them or overcome them. But you and I, because we are in Christ and because He was rich in mercy, because of His great love which He loved us with, Even though we were dead in our sins, He loved us. He put forth provenient grace. The grace that goes ahead before we ever acknowledge Him. That grace is going forth from Him. Coming into the lives of those who are not yet believers, but He is drawing them into relationship. His provenient grace was at work in your life before you said yes. He was drawing you, pulling you into relationship with Him. Allowing you to go through some hellish experiences to bring you to your knees. So you would recognize your need of a Savior. That there was no way that you were going to be able to do it on your own. But God... Being rich in mercy and because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, in our false steps, in our our wayward walking counter to His will, He loved us. And even though we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. At the moment you realize your need of a Savior, at the moment you are willing to give up that old life, when you are sick and tired of being in your mess and living with the guilt and the shame that comes from your old ways, God gives you mercy. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. That's mercy. Because of your sins, you deserve to be eternally separated from God. You deserve to be damned to hell. But because of His great mercy, He did not give you what you deserved. Instead, He gave you His love. He gave you pardon in Christ Jesus if you accept His atoning work on the cross for your life. He made us alive. You were dead in your sins, eternally separated from God, but He made you alive in Christ. So many people out here that don't have a relationship with God, oh, they're alive in the sense that they're breathing air and walking, but the reality is they're simply existing. 
They're in a body that is decaying and dying and is eternally separated from God until they realize their need of a Savior and repent making a 180 degree turn no longer running away from God's plan and His will for their lives but running headlong into His will and His great plan receiving His mercy and His grace His unmerited favor on your life because you are in need of it outside of that there is no way you are going to come to salvation Even though the completed work of the cross has already been accomplished, if you won't accept it for your life, you are outside of the household of faith. He goes on to say here that we've been made alive together with Christ. And not only are we alive, but raised us up with Him and has seated us in heavenly places. The Scripture tells us that the Son of God is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, ever making intercession for us. And if we are born again, we are seated with Him in heavenly places. Spiritually, your position is with Him. If you are hidden in Him, then if He is seated in heavenly places, that means in Him you are there too. In Him you are there too. He goes on to say, So that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. The Father wants to show all of His kindness and He accomplished that by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. For making it right so that you and I can stand before Him justified just as if we had never sinned. Justified, just as if we have never sinned. So when the Father looks at us, He sees Jesus standing there. Oh, Jesus might have your face and have your body, but He sees Jesus. So that in the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of your own selves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. Here's the deal. You can't even work up enough faith within yourself to believe this. Unless he gives it to you. So you have no bragging rights over anything. God gives you the faith. It may be, he gives it to you in seed form. In seed form. He gives us everything in seed form. It is, he plants that in you. You know, it takes us time to come to that place to where we believe that Jesus 
paid our sin debt and for me. Sometimes we believe, yeah, he did it for so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, but he can't forgive me. You don't know what I've done. That's the enemy talking. Amen. That's his guilt, his shame that he's trying to keep on you. But Jesus came to strip all of that off of you. So that you may be called sons and daughters of the Most High. So that no longer do you have to walk in your shame of the past. But you are set free in Him to be an overcomer. Once you were lost. Once you were separated. But today, you are numbered amongst the saints. Those who are part of the household of faith. And in that, His glory is shown to the world. Because people know what you used to be like. And if you lived a transformed life, and you are truly changed, and you give credit to the Lord, it will draw people to Him. The power of a transformed life. It is a testimony that God is not only alive, but He is still working in the lives of men and women today. That He's not on vacation. He's still actively working in the lives of men and women today. And then verse 10. You know, I, I, I had to come to the place where I realized that I'm in verse 10. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which He prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I am His workmanship. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you too are His workmanship. He's created you for good works in Christ. Read it. For we are His workmanship, His own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which He set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. He has preordained things beforehand for us to walk in. Now I want to, to bring up the fact that Satan wants to keep you ignorant of all that truth so that you fall short of the things that God has planned for you. Or... Maybe you're just lazy. Some of you, maybe, you're just lazy. But He has created you for good works. You are His workmanship. He has shaped and fashioned you. He has a call on your life. He has gifted and equipped you for good works in His name. These works do not earn your salvation. You're already saved. 
Your name is already in the Lamb's book of life. But working these things out, they show that He's alive in your life. They show that you are living a life submitted to His Lordship. That He has deed and title to your life. And no longer do you sit on the throne of your life, living life the way you want to live life on your terms, but you have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. And that in His great plan, He chose you to be a co-laborer with Him in the process of ministering His love to a lost and dying world. In the process of administering His love to a lost and dying world. Now some of you, maybe you think that you don't play a big part in that. But again, as I've said so many times, He did not save you to put you on the bleachers. He's called you to be in the game. Your number and your name has been called up. And He's putting you in to the game. The game is life in Christ Jesus. The game is life in Christ Jesus. It is an abundant life. One in which He gives you to do things that you naturally cannot do. In things that people look at you and say, I don't know where that came from. That's exactly why God had you do it. Because everyone knows you can't do that. It's so that He could be glorified in your life. I want you to live life glorifying God. Doing things that just blows the socks off of people. And then here's the other thing. Don't want you to think that just because you're in the later years of life that there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Moses didn't even get called up for duty till he was 80. I'm just giving you a minute for that to soak in. For you are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which He prepared beforehand so that you would walk in them. I want you to know that He's called you to walk in a new life in Him. Don't let the enemy snatch you, snatch from you all of the blessings that are set in your account in heaven waiting for you to receive when you walk in faithfulness. There's a day when you're going to stand before the judge. Now as believers, you're not going to stand in the same judgment line. Your judgment is going to be based on what did you do in this life with 
all the blessings He gave you? What did you do about your calling? What did you do with your gifts? What did you do with your resources? And He's going to show you everything that He had for you to do. And the Bible says that in that moment we will suffer loss. But it's not that we're going to be kicked out of heaven. That is not it. It's the fact that we realize that in this life, either because of misunderstanding or we allowed our flesh to control our lives more than His Spirit, we see all the things that we missed. And it says, in that moment, you will suffer loss. But He is a gracious God. That too will pass. I don't want you there shaking your head over, I never knew. I never knew. I want you to know. And not only that, I want you to experience the fullness of God's plan for your life. Again, He didn't call you to sit on the sidelines. He called you to be in the middle of the game. And that game is life in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today for the power of Your Word. We thank You, Lord, that You did not leave us out of Your great plan. Not only was it Your heart's desire to save us, but it is Your heart's desire that we be Your hands and feet to this lost and dying world. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may see the world as You see it. Open our ears, Lord, that we may hear the hurt, the loss, the suffering. Lord, strengthen us with every good gift of ministry that you have called us to in your name to be able to minister your love and grace to those who are hurting today. That those who are separated from you in relationship, that may your love and your grace flow through us, not for our glory, not for our credit, but for your glory and for your honor. We pray this to be. We pray it in Jesus' name. And amen. This morning we're going to...